0: Oh, and welcome to Expat Hoops. Today we talk with another former University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee player, Angela Rodriguez. Her 1,564 career points ranks seventh in school history. After she graduated in 2014, she started her overseas career in Poland and has played throughout Europe in her career going on eight years, which we'll break down for you in the interview.
1: But before we talk to Angela, I want to remind you to be interactive with us at expat hoops we're active on twitter instagram and facebook you can also show your support for content like this by hitting the like button subscribing to the channel or commenting below the video on our youtube page now if you'll join tony and i in welcoming angela to expat hoops welcome to the show angela
2: thank you thanks for having me
1: well thank you for coming on uh we talked a little bit in the intro about uh your college career a uh, former four-year starter at university of wisconsin milwaukee uh, ranks among the Panthers all-time uh, top seven in points assists, made three pointers free throw percentage basically you're pretty active on the floor uh, 2011 Horizon League newcomer uh, what were the highlights of your career as you would see it outside of the numbers
2: I mean it's got to be the relationships and friendships that I've made um, players coaches uh, you know it was like a family and um I got to play in front of my family as well. Uh, staying close to home was super important to me. So having them at every home game and obviously away games are really close, being in the Horizon League. Um, and then if I had to pick a game, it would probably be beating Green Bay at Green Bay. Uh, I have to throw that in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, uh, it was it was a good experience being so close to home and being able to play as much as I did.
1: And you actually were one of the highest rated, I think the highest rated in the state and everything uh, when you were coming out of high school, what were your options like coming out of a high school as you were deciding on your college?
2: Um, to be honest, it was a lot of the mid-major program. Um, I took a lot of visits, uh, Duke, Miami, Ohio, and then I got my, my big offer from Marquette. So my final two were Marquette and Milwaukee. Um, I really liked an assistant coach that was at Milwaukee. She actually ended up leaving. Um, But I had met the girls and I was with the girls so often, obviously, because I was so close to them. Um, So I would go to every game I was hanging out with, you know, just with the players. And I loved the team camaraderie they had. And they had nothing but good things to say about the program. I wanted to be, you know, that big fish in a small pond didn't exactly work out um, when it comes to winning. But, um, you know, the culture changed when Coach Coach, uh, Rex came in. And I, it's obviously in great hands now. They just won the league last year, um, so it's really cool to see them doing well. But you know, we had some other big names. Ashley Green came. I thought that you know, I thought that we had some good recruits. Um, the coaching change was tough for all of us, but um, overall, again, happy with my decision. Can't go back and do. Can't go back and change it. So uh, some good things have come out of it, and obviously, I'm still playing. So I'm very blessed.
0: Yeah, you ended up being uh, having some a great deal of personal success there uh, during your time, and that assisted you in going uh, pro eventually. So walk us through the process. You're at Wisconsin Milwaukee mid major school, had some personal success. What was it like trying to figure out if you were going to go pro, where you were going to go pro, and how you went through the process of finally going overseas? To be
2: honest, I didn't know much about it. Um obviously, you know, your whole life growing up, you only know the WNBA. And, you know, when I figured out that probably wasn't in sights for me, I had to figure out my next step. Um, again, I'm a hometown kid. Obviously, I wanted to go to school close to home. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot not go to Europe like this so far. Um, so, you know, you go to the pro combines at the final four, I'd went, met some agents, talked to them, and kind of just let my career play out that way. Um, I actually was part of the Mexico national team coming out of um, college. I had gotten a call from a coach that was actually at one of the uh, the combines. He was coaching for the LA Sparks at the time and he was the assistant for the Mexico national team. So I got to play with them and to be honest, I think it gave me a little bit of exposure and obviously a little bit of a good name with the coaches that were there. Um, so then I continued and uh, got my first offer from Poland. So I knew nothing about it. I just knew that I had a little bit of Polish in me. So I took the trip Um wasn't super easy to be honest obviously my first time really really away from home uh without the support of my family probably wouldn't have been able to make it through that but i did and i'm i'm still i'm still here and still playing so i'm I'm really blessed
0: so long-time listeners of expat hoops know that there (laughs) is a bit of a history with we the hosts and uh the country of poland very nice country very good people Uh, However, (laughs) the number of people who have had uh, experiences there that are, um, uh, I don't know, a a bit more difficult than in some other places is numerable. And so we go through, you know, the various things with people that uh, have played in Poland and the things that they went through. And the one thing that always comes up as the common thread that is the most difficult part of playing in Poland is the travel. Um, They they talk about the 10 hour bus rides, you know. Uh, to here and there the different cities. Uh, What was your experience like uh, in Poland? Was there uh, anything like that that you you had to go through? I know it was difficult for me from a standpoint that you were new to being away from home, but was there anything unique to Poland that you can point to and say, here's some good experiences, here's some bad experiences?
2: I mean, obviously the travel is, to be honest, it's terrible everywhere you go. Um, I'm actually taking a ship tonight to my game. That's a 10-hour ship, stay the night on the ship, get to Athens tomorrow and play in a game. So this is also super new to me. Um but yeah, Poland it was just a really different situation. I felt like they almost weren't really up to date um, you know, in in life. Uh so it was just again, it was different. Um, but I I there were so many Americans there that I got to make friends um throughout the travel getting to and from cities, it was like five bucks to hop on a a double-decker bus and get there for five hours I was like okay this is great so I was just learned you know I just kind of learned how to travel on my own and get places and figured out what um, made me most comfortable and that was being around other Americans at the time because again first time away from home but I can't pick out something super specific when it comes to Poland Um, again travel is bad but I mean driving through Germany driving through Poland is the same thing to me so uh Mm. Yeah, I, I can't really point anything out specifically, um, but yeah.
1: But it's interesting. One of the things you said was, uh, you know, I, I might be paraphrasing now at this point, that uh, life in Poland was not super up to date. Like, what do you mean by that?
2: Just the people. I think, you know, the double looks, the double takes. Um, when I would be out with some of my teammates, um, it was just, okay, now, yeah, some of my teammates are 6'5", so it's not every day you see that. But even at the, at the clubs, you know, when we'd be out or at a grocery store, it would just be different kind of looks, stares, And again, I mean, you're going to get that anywhere you go, but it was just a little odd to me, um, mm. especially because these cities have had basketball players. You know, this wasn't the first team they had. Um, but yeah, just, just different. The Polish people are, you know, they're just different.
1: It's interesting. That's so all I had you,
2: for that. <laughs> sorry, I I yeah, I don't maybe I shouldn't have said that, but also no. I don't it, it just was different.
0: Um so you you wrap up your your uh, your year in Poland and you end up the following year in Germany. Uh German league yep. pretty pretty high level play uh, for men as well as for women. Uh tell us about your experience in your first year in Germany.
2: First year in Germany, I was in a really small town like I'm talking maybe 800 people. They had one grocery store, one workout facility, and you had the gym. And it was like, almost like something you'd think of when you think of small town Germany. It was that. Um, I had some really great Americans. They were now one of them is one of my best friends. Um, you know, the, the league is, the league is good. The Germans, um, they, the, the league, I call it like a safe league. You're always going to get paid on time. You're going to have good housing, meals. Um, you know you know what you're going to get when you go there. They're going to be professional. So to me, it, it was a good, it was a fine experience.
0: And um, so you're in a town of 800 people. Like I know that um, things get pretty small in the, uh, the upper Midwest pretty quickly uh, where you're from. But uh, that must have been something quite different because I know... Um, having been to rural Germany briefly myself, uh, I know that a lot of people have never seen an American in some cases, and English gets a little bit rough here and there. Uh, how was that for you coming from a place like Poland where you mentioned, you know, sometimes you'd get some attention sometimes, um, that people would give you different looks and things like that. How was that in Germany?
2: Yeah, it was about the same in the small town. Mm-hmm. now i was about an hour train ride from hamburg i would go to hamburg like every weekend and it was pretty normal you know there's there's more it was more life there it was more up to like things are just a little more up to date um you have a younger crowd they always told me hey don't talk to the older people they're probably not going to know english so if you need help find like a younger person just because they probably studied recently or they're taking an english class as we speak um so yeah it was people were very kind though people people in Germany were kind um you know it, it was I don't have anything bad to say about my experience there
1: and eventually you wouldn't come back to Germany but next up was Romania in year three uh split the season between Romania and Iceland take us through what that season was like for you in terms of switching gears uh you know somewhat through the the middle of the season middle of the year
2: yeah, um, I got to Romania. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, it wasn't the, the best situation for me or the best fit. So I decided that I needed to head back home, um, which I did. And then I got a call from Iceland. I'm thinking Iceland, you know, but I'm from Wisconsin, so it's already cold. So I'm like, what the heck? Let's go get to Iceland. Probably one of my best experiences. Great people, great country. Um, it's so beautiful there. But the people just treated you like you were their own. Um, Like I said earlier, talking to you guys, I had met a family, they took me in. um, Just so kind, you know, cooking dinners every night. Like this is how great Iceland is. You could go into the grocery store and you can leave your car running. So obviously I didn't know this when I got there. So the lady next to me parks and she goes in the store and I'm like, oh my gosh, her car is running. Like I need to tell her. So I go in the store, I'm like, hi, you know, excuse me, your car's running. She's like, yeah, like what's the problem? I'm like, oh, okay. For example, another time, I go into the store and it's now it's snowing, it's cold. They'd be like, you know, taking their kids in the stroller and they leave their babies outside in the stroller. And I'm like, you just left your kid out here. And so I'm running back and tell this lady, oh, hey, forgot your kid. And she's like, no, it's normal. My, my friends are like, Ange, it's normal. And I'm like, this is how it it's Here's me locking my door, stuffing my keys away. like I didn't trust anybody because you just don't know but everybody there is just so kind. Everybody. Now I was probably in a smaller town. I was actually near the blue lagoon. Not sure if you ever heard of that. It's like the hot, the hot springs where you can go swimming and stuff. So, um, it was, it was a smaller town. Um, but I was just, you know, you're just taught to lock your car. And so it was just different. Um, but people were great. Treated me, treated me like family. So loved my experience in Iceland.
1: Well, and it was only a half a year. Um, I think off the pod, you, you kind of said that, you know, you were, this is a, this is a pivotal point in your career where it's only year three. And, you know, like you said, you didn't, wasn't the right fit. Um, You know, you kind of said you weren't really sure exactly where your career was going to go. And Iceland kind of came along at at the right time um, and sort of revitalized you. And, you know, you spent the half of the season there and, you know, next season is in Iceland as well. So um, take us through what the next season was like in Iceland, different club, I believe. Correct. It
2: was actually the same club. They had offered me back. And then I was a player coach, which was very new for me. Um, very difficult as well. Um, trying to coach your team and play at the same time. And you're the only American there. In Iceland they only allow one American per, per team for men and women. Um, so it's like running a practice but also trying to make myself better while trying to lead a team, trying to teach, trying to make sure that I'm you know, still doing my job. So it was really difficult um, but I thought that I could handle it. I thought it would look really good on my resume. Um, you know they had also offered me to do um, like training lessons so I was doing those once a week with the kids they would come before school um, like 6 a.m shower go to school it was really cool in Iceland they they loved to be in the gym they loved to learn they again they loved their Americans I had a really great men's player at the time too his name was Lewis and so he was always with the kids helping out and they just they they wanted to be involved they wanted to be on the court they wanted to get better so you love being around that especially in another country
1: so it's not actually the first time one of our first guests, actually, she actually played over in Iceland, and that was the same sort of deal is that she had to as part of her deal is that she had to uh, coach a, a younger team as well. So that's kind of interesting that, you know, that that's kind of like, a. I mean, I figured it was probably a norm. Uh, it wasn't something that was outside the realm of possibility for her as well. But uh, it's just kind of interesting to see how that gets gets thrown in the mix for them.
2: Yeah, and, and honestly, sometimes we like it. You know, it's a, it's a cool way to get involved in the community. The parents can see you. Obviously they're gonna be coming to the games and you're in the gym all the time. So people see you and know you and now they can get to know you on maybe a more personal level. It's also most of the time an opportunity to make more money, um, which is really kind of them as well. You know, get you involved in the youth, but also give you a little bit of a side hustle. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. I have, Iceland was amazing to be honest.
0: hey guys i'm porter troop uh subscribe to expat hoops on their youtube channel and listen to them on by george podcast network It's where you can find my interview so after iceland you end up back in germany uh, for a club called uh, czar louis um tell us about your second time in germany and what you took with you since you ended up there in year two
2: yeah um I knew what to expect this time around, which was good. Um, I had known some of the players, knew some of the Americans. Um, I had known this club. I knew some people that played for it. So it was, uh, I, again, I knew what to expect. Um, people were very kind there. It was it was a good situation. Um, great fan base. Germany does love their basketball, so that's always really fun to play in front of. Um, they were very involved with the team, you know, us and the fans, so that's always a cool camarader- camaraderie to have. Um, yeah, um, we didn't, we ended up not making playoffs. So that wasn't super great. But um, again, I had really great Americans that makes everything just so much better, you know, when you can connect with somebody and especially you're so far away from home. Um, So yeah, my, my uh, second year in Germany was good.
1: From Germany, you go to Spain, Um, Played for Utica, a fairly well-known club. Take us through what that season was like in Spain for you.
2: That was probably so far, not counting this season, um, my favorite season of my career. Um, being in Spain, um, I actually got the job from one of my friends. Her name's Angel Robinson. She played at Marquette, and she was actually there at the time they were recruiting me, so we had kind of known each other. Um, but they needed they needed a shooter, and she wasn't. Uh, she was actually hurt a little bit, so she had um, referred me, which was great. And I got there and I was probably three blocks from the beach. Um, the people were so wonderful. It's the culture there is really, really cool to be a part of. Um, obviously, great food, but the basketball was great. Um, I had never been overseas with a team that was such a team. It's very difficult to find that because, you know, everyone's trying to play for themselves. I mean, you go overseas and you play on a team, but like at the end of the day, you're all kind of trying to, to get another job next year and to somewhat get your own, which It's so different from college because in college it's all about team it's everything is like is one and over here you you are you're kind of on your own and so it was so great to be part of a team that just wanted to see each other do so well and again I think it comes with a little bit of the Spanish culture um people are just so kind there and so I really tried to like you know be so just so a part of the culture and and I that's that's like my biggest thing is when I get over here now I want to I want to learn something whether it's you know a little bit of the language or food or or just something about about the people and about the country that I'm in Um, but Spain was like it was like a dream almost I mean again three blocks from the beach walk to practice you could see the beach it was people were great Um, the club was very professional they actually have a Euro Cup team which always helps on the women's side when your men are are very professional and treated well so yeah it was great great experience
1: another thing about longtime listeners of the pod are going to understand that this is not the first time we've heard great things about spain between being paid either on time Got or it. early uh also the place that you are uh the food basically everything you just touched on this is not yeah. surprising
2: <laughs> okay yeah it's, and to be an on, and to be honest it's an honor to play in spain because the league they're so good i was actually in the second division but the second division in spain is known to be very 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 competitive as well. Um, men's league, women's league, everything is, again, it's, Spain is beautiful. People are great. It was, it was great.
1: Yeah. And again, that's completely consistent with what Spain is, is that it doesn't, it almost really doesn't matter what level you're in. Is it, it's very competitive top to bottom. I mean, basically Spain is between the, the food, the people, the location and all that stuff. It's just like, it's, it's pretty much why would you not want to play here?
2: Absolutely. Like, to be honest, that's so true. And I always say it, it's not even about the talent at that point, The the Spanish girls that I, the women that I played against were just so competitive that any given night, it could have been, you know, one to eight who, whatever team could, could anybody could win on any given night. That That's why I liked the league as well. You didn't just have blowouts all the time, which to me, I, I love a game that's competitive, you know?
0: So from there you uh, go back to your third and thus far final year in Germany. Uh, you play for Alva Berlin Uh, This is also your COVID year, which everybody that's been playing professional basketball on the pod has had a story about that. Uh, Tell us about your time in Germany and how COVID affected you.
2: Yeah, that was a really tough, tough, but great um, situation. I was playing for Alba, which a lot of people know that name, whether you play basketball, soccer, whatever it is, Um, one of the most professional clubs I've been a part of. And actually, the club is run by Spanish people. So I'm just leaving Spain loved Spain my head coach was Spanish the men's coach was Spanish the president was Spanish all the assistants were Spanish and so it was like I got to have a little bit of that um in in Germany um Spanish people just kind of have an just a way about them they're very um they're just very good energy they're always very positive now some of these people were from an island um in Spain so that you know they're just a little more chill they're 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 really easy going um So that was really fun to be around and to work with. Uh, Practiced for five months and didn't play a single game, which was really difficult. Everything was locked down in Berlin. I had actually been there before because I traveled. When I was in Poland, I traveled a little bit. So I would go to Berlin and I I saw the city and and such, Um, but you couldn't do anything. All you could do is walk outside and it's cold in Berlin. It's like Wisconsin. So it was difficult. Um, It takes a big mental toll on you. Thank goodness Berlin actually has their own gym. They own it, which you could keep practicing, even though some teams were not allowed to because they didn't own their own gym. Uh, But the people were great. Um, It was really unfortunate that we couldn't play because obviously after five months, I thought we looked pretty good. (laughs) Um, So that was really tough. But Berlin was a class act. Um, Great people, great club, super professional.
1: Here's a question for you. We we went through this with somebody that was actually in college at the time and their league had pretty much uh, shut down and they weren't allowed to play games. And it was just a matter of how can we keep things going with practice? Was there anything that you guys did during the COVID period of time? Like you said, you're practicing for five months. Is there something that you guys kind of did to, um, you know, keep things interesting that kind of came about because of COVID?
2: Like, I want to say the one thing we did was we would scrimmage each other and like wear our actual jerseys. And I'm over here like, "Mm, (laughs) I don't know about it, but I think that it did get some people into game mode. Um, It made it competitive, even though, you know, you kept playing each other. Um, I had the, I kept thinking maybe we'll play tomorrow, which obviously I get my hopes up and put them down right away, but you had to really change your mindset because I'm also thinking, maybe I want to play here next year. I'm also thinking, what if things do open up? What if we do end up playing? So mentally I was trying to be in competitive mode all the time um so it it was difficult it was really difficult we had young girls so I thought that you know obviously we were probably losing people mentally at times which I completely understood um it was a tough time for everybody for coach for you know one one day you think you're gonna play the next day you're not gonna play for two weeks so it's like yeah it was tough and it's being and being overseas it just was it's just, it, to be honest, it's a tough time for everybody. And I feel for every overseas athlete there was.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm asking the question is God forbid we find ourselves in another situation like that. You know, what, what was learned during that period of time, or if there's something else like that, that hopefully that, you know, if somebody hears that, that they can, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a how to of like, okay, this is how we can kind of keep things interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I just had to challenge my own self every day, whether it was, um, you know, get better at this today or let's focus on this today. Um, I was actually in the gym extra. I wanted to get more shots up. I wanted, I wanted to be in there with coach. I had a, I had a really great coach. who was really, really good um, at individuals. So it was really fun to work with him because I'm also thinking, okay, if I don't play this year, this is going to make me better just in general. Um, And actually Peyton Siva was playing for Berlin at the time. I'm sure everybody knows Peyton Siva and Talk about a worker. I mean, just a great guy, but we would be leaving practice at 10 p.m. He would just be getting to the gym to get extra shots up. At the Mm -hmm. time, the men and women could not work out together because of COVID because the men in EuroLeague was still playing along with the men in Germany were actually still playing as well, but just no fans. So they had to be extra, extra cautious. Um, Otherwise, I definitely would say shoot. Um, But yeah, you just, again, you just had to challenge yourself as tough as that got. uh, Obviously, FaceTime helped trying to learn something new i was trying to learn spanish on duolingo didn't didn't go super well but I'm still learning um so yeah it, it was a tough time for everybody mentally just glad that we're all out of that to be honest
1: yeah um one of the things that you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on too was talking about like the spanish lifestyle and and obviously i know that some of the people that you're talking about came from an island which also is a little bit of a, a twist as well but uh feel like there's almost a whole podcast you could do on things that we can learn from Spanish culture, but we'll move on.
2: <laughs> for sure.
1: Um, Call it, me out for that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Hi, I'm John Arlish. here to tell you to subscribe to Expat Hoops on social media. They have exclusive content on their YouTube, and you can follow them on Twitter and Facebook and stay in the know. They are a part of the Buy George podcast network, so follow them on your favorite podcasting platform. <laughs>
1: Between the COVID year in Berlin, um, you switched agents and leading to the last season that you had in Switzerland. Take us through the Switzerland year. I know that that was a a good year. I mean, probably relative to the COVID year, but also it was a good year for you as well. What was Switzerland like for you?
2: So I had actually gotten an offer from my agent to go play in Switzerland and it was a difficult decision because I was deciding between you know, going to play in a league that I knew was going to continue or leaving a team that I had just practiced five months with who I was obviously hoping and thinking that we would continue to play. So I was super comfortable where I was and getting up and leaving, I wouldn't even say this is midseason. This is further than midseason. Um, it was a decision that I had to kind of make for myself. And I also, you know, I wanted to be playing. I wanted to be going up and down. I wanted people to see that I could still play. Um, so it was kind of a decision that I had to make selfishly as as bad as that sounds um but it was for for my the best for my career um ended up going to switzerland it was really tough to say goodbye and you know all that alba did for me and took care of us and all of that um went to switzerland and it was actually amazing um it was new people new everything but again had a great great americans um the people there were super kind president the club everybody was very very kind so it ended up working out Um, I got comfortable there very fast which was good and it was a tough decision like I said but I think that it ended up being being okay.
1: Actually I have an interesting question for you because I mean you mentioned it in your response about how you're with Alba and that you know you've basically been practicing but you really haven't haven't been playing any games like no game film or anything else like that. Was that also part of your calculus is essentially saying okay one thing having on the resume playing for a well-known club like Alba is like, well, clearly she can play it. it, Like, that's how I would look at it. However, there's also with overseas is like, basically if you don't have any recent film or anything, was that kind of part of your calculus as well as saying, well, on the one hand, I've made it to a pretty good club, but on the other hand, there's no game film and I don't want that to be used against me. Was that also kind of part of the rationale of moving?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually the president was really cool. Um, He had known after, Christmas, he was kind of like, look, I have no idea if we're gonna play or not. He actually told us, if you find a different club, you are more than welcome to leave, which I thought was very, very classy of them. Obviously they didn't need to do that because we could have played and we could have wanted to compete. Um, the good thing about Alba as well and them being so professional is we had practice film. Not saying that that helps my case, but it, at least you did get to see that I had been working for five months. My credit goes to my Alba coach because we were in the gym so much, and I got to Switzerland, to me, my game had looked like I had been working out every day. And so, you know, for him to take the time and do individual workouts with me and such, it was it was a really um, smooth transition back into playing a game. Because now we're talking, I haven't played a game for probably what, eight, nine months since, since Spain and Spain, we got locked down. So I was stuck in Spain for three months. So it's like, it was just it, again it was it was a tough decision but it was almost like perfect timing and like i said that transition was very smooth going into switzerland
0: and it certainly pays to be part of a professional club because if you do have that tape at least you have something to lean on um if somebody needs to absolutely. see it if somebody wants to see it uh, whereas in some other situations you might be in a little bit more difficult um uh it, it would be more difficult to move on from there as smoothly as you were saying before um and also absolutely uh, i i i I'm sure that, uh, during your time in Alba, you still got paid, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They were again,
0: and with, very classy, with other, so with other places, nice. you know, who knows, maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Um, right. during the COVID right. time period, we heard You're of so a right. lot of difficulty with people that were having teams were having money troubles because they weren't having any gate receipts and, you know, any of that kind of stuff and, uh, no time on TV, no sponsorships, that kind of stuff. And they were having difficulty doing that. So, all said, I think your your COVID situation was uh, given the circumstances relatively ideal to, to move on quickly and, and, and have a, a nicer transition back into playing basketball once things got going again.
2: I would agree. And maybe at the time I didn't realize that. I mean, t- with talking to some of my other teammates and such, or like my family, they're like, hey, you're getting paid to practice. And, you know, it wasn't like we were going doing anything crazy. Coach knew that we probably weren't going to play for a bit. So looking back on it, I was very fortunate to be in that situation and to get paid and to have my housing and then not send us home because they could have easily been like, yeah, we'll send you home and we'll figure things out. Hey, I'm Jess Jenkins. You're listening to Expat Hoops. Subscribe to their YouTube channel, follow them on Twitter, and listen to them on your favorite podcasting platform on the George Podcasting Network.
0: So you are now in Greece, Uh, you're on the island of Crete. Uh, For those just a a very quick uh, plug for those audio listeners. Um, If you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel and see the uh, uh, island of Crete behind our guest, uh, as the sun was setting, uh, please do Um, audio listeners, obviously, sorry uh gonna have to go elsewhere to see that um but it's it's a a scenic place and a place that has pretty good basketball as well the greek league is always um a pretty high level in uh, both men's and women's basketball from people we talk to Uh, tell us about your time um in crete
2: uh so far this has been like a fairy tale i mean i'm on an island playing basketball doing what i love and I mean, if you could, if if I, when I started my career, I actually said my dream was to play in Greece. My dream was always to be on a beach. And obviously I didn't really know much at the time, but now I'm here and it's amazing. The people here in Greece have been very kind. Um, They've been helping us with whatever we need. Uh, First game, cup game is tomorrow. We haven't started the official season yet. Coach has been great. Um, Teammates are super welcoming. Again, I have really great Americans that always helps things. the island's beautiful. I mean, you're you're on an island every time we drive. I just see water, so it's it's kind of unreal. I'm super blessed, and I'm I'm just really really thankful to be here.
0: How much longer do you just, does your season go there?
2: It'll officially end April 10th. Uh, playoffs will be after that. So, so hopefully you have a, a good
0: good long time there. period to enjoy yourself there.
2: Absolutely.
1: And I uh, I certainly want to say that uh, I was I was about to say it off the top too. Is like I can confirm that that is by far the best background we've had. The entire time, I think this is now. I want to say that we're, we're slated. I think this will probably be like our 39th episode or something like that. Uh, so this is by far and away the best background we've we've had through close to 40 podcasts now.
2: Well, I'm honored that it is.
0: By the way, I was gonna going say, in would same, not, like I would not time line... listeners, you know, oh, sorry. That's, that's so weird too. Like, you know, yeah, we, we, and I,
1: we, I would say that, uh, you know first of all, it's been great to talk to you. Let's, let's not go past that, but I want to say that, uh, and I say this to everybody else so that, you know, that we, we enjoy talking with them and that they're welcome back anytime, but you, especially with the added benefit of the background, you are welcome back anytime.
2: <laughs> I was just trying, I was trying to sell it. I did that. Hey, That's right. uh, you did.
1: You knocked it out of the park.
2: That's right.
0: Not only, uh, not only selling the background, but selling your experience there as a basketball player too. Um. So, wishing you luck in Crete, Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, we wanted to get into some of your international experience. You have some experience as a member of the Mexican national team. Uh, You were pretty young when you first started in the Mexican national team. Uh, Tell us about some of your experiences that you had uh, playing for that team.
2: So, I've played one tournament with them. Um, It was the Central American game, Um, and we had taken third. We won a bronze medal and it was probably one of the highlights of my entire life. Um, To be able to represent um, you know my dad's side of the family. I got to play because my grandmother was born in Mexico so you can kind of have the second generation. Um, Being in Mexico again that's that's another culture that it's just it was so cool to see that. Um, I, I hadn't traveled a lot until after I graduated from Milwaukee and so that was my first stop and I think that's what made Poland a little bit difficult because you go to Mexico where the people will give you the shirt off their back. I mean, these are some of the, the greatest people that I've ever met and it truly made me proud. And, you know, I was, just, I was just so blessed to be there and to be around such great people from the coaches to the teammates to just be the Mexican people. Um, the culture was great, again, great food. Um, but I just had such an amazing time. So you go to Poland, Maybe maybe the people are not as friendly. Um, It's just a little bit different, like I said. So um, the national team, yeah, I was actually coached by an assistant coach from the Sparks. And then um, there was a head coach for the Atlanta Dream. She was a previous head coach. So Mexico wanted to bring in some American head coaches, see if they could kind of, you know, um, make the team a little bit better. They, They wanted to really make Mexico women's basketball something. And we placed. And I think that that's what that's what they wanted to do that was the goal so winning a bronze medal um being with my teammates and meeting some friends that i've had for life now um it's been it, it was an amazing experience mom and dad got to fly out to mexico actually fun fact they've been in every country that i've played in my mom's oh, a player nice. so so that's been really 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 helpful when it comes to this
0: yeah not everybody gets to show off uh, all of the places that they play to their family, so that's that's good to hear
2: yeah, it's been really, I've been very thankful and it's been really great that they've been able to come.
1: And that also kind of really breaks things up. Whereas a lot of times people either don't have their families with them or they're away from their family for a long period of time. So that makes you kind of actually unique where, yeah, you're still away and you're still probably missing, you know, some, you know, friends or family events in the States, but you probably get to see them at least during some of the season to break it up a little bit too.
2: Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, I think the Christmas break is always much needed and it's a good time for us to go home or like, you know, to see other friends or people in Europe. But when my family comes, I know like it's, it's just such a great time, especially because you get to show them everything you've been talking about on FaceTime or trying to show them pictures of and it's just different when they're here. So it's kind of like I am the tour guide and they're just kind of following me around, which I know that they enjoy. Um, but now they're in my space, which is really cool to really cool to um, show them an experience.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that I know that uh, your international experience, not only did you get to represent the Mexican national team, but you also have a Mexican passport. Um, Take us through what that's been like for you uh, as you've been trying to navigate. And actually, when did you get that passport? Was it pretty early on?
2: So I got the passport when I was playing for the national team. Um, They figured out that I could get one. So I got it when I was in Mexico. Um, To be honest, it doesn't help me here because I still count as an American, which is tough which is great. I mean, I love being American, of course, but it would make it a little bit, um, for example, if I counted as a true foreigner, now you could have two other Americans other than me, or maybe three other Americans other than me, but yeah. I just count as an American.
1: That's interesting. That's exactly where I was going with the question and I didn't realize. So is it, is it essentially that they consider Mexico to be so close to America? So you're American Pretty or is much. it interesting? Cause I haven't heard that usually. Like I
2: think that all Central America, it, uh it, it doesn't count
1: that's interesting because i was going to say that that's exactly where i was going with that question is most of the time if you can get another country's passport you become you know essentially not right. an american and that's that's exactly where right. i was going with the question but it turns out for it for not basically
2: yep got the wrong one <laughs> i'm just <laughs> kidding i'm just kidding it just yeah it doesn't quote unquote help you here like it doesn't make you a foreigner
1: interesting
0: That was angela rodriguez if you want to see more from her including the killer sunset behind her as she is playing professionally on the greek island of Crete currently the video pod is on our youtube channel we're ramping up content including instagram takeovers which you can see there and toss us a few bucks on patreon if you like what you've seen from us and want to keep us going for andy hoverman i'm tony budney tune in next time on expat hoops